to be broken without money the rest of your life? Absolutely not. But being consumed with money and the greed that can fill a human heart is potentially disastrous and painful. That's why we love that Jesus talked often about money and he made sure that we, his followers, would have the right relationship with it. With that, we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Oh man, it's so great to have you guys with us today. We are so excited to talk to you today about how to manage money in marriage and stay happily married. This is part two. But before we do, we want to just catch you up a little bit about what we've been up to this last week. Yeah, and by the way, my name is Travis and this is Dawn and we are Loving the Fight. We're enjoying living life and hanging out with you guys every Tuesday. Well, last week we had a week of doing responsible things. Which is good. I know, Travis, <laughs> if you remember, a few weeks ago I was just enjoying some Skittles. I kind of like candy. And in the middle of my Skittle, I felt something really crunchy. And I bit down again. And Which I re- is not good. No, I realized a, piece of, a portion of my filling actually came out with a Skittle. Um, so I had to call my dentist, who I absolutely love. She's amazing. And set up an appointment, so I got my my tooth fixed. But with that, we got our cleanings, and then yeah. we went and got some doctor's appointments, and did all of our preventative work. When it, you know comes to our you know yearly preventative work, got some haircuts. Well, I got a haircut. Yeah, I know. yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of bald. You didn't get a haircut. <laughs> yes. I never get haircuts. I yeah. hate that. But again, just being very responsible. And thus, one of our goals actually is to make sure that we were getting our yearly physicals yep. and getting our cleanings. And so we wanted to make sure we accomplished those. Should, should we tell them, though? I mean, be really honest, Don, and tell them why you bit into Skittles. I mean, throw ourselves <laughs> fully, fully under the bus. Why is that? It is because we have a snack cupboard. Oh, we do. And we it like is snacks. filled with snacks, delicious things. And many or much uh, candy, which oh, yeah. is awful, well, actually, but wonderful yeah. all at the same time. Our candy jar is kind of empty right now. We need to run to Costco or Sam's Club. We do, we do. But that's why we have yes. a snack cupboard, right? Anyways, but we do exercise. We brush our teeth. We floss. <laughs> we are responsible with our eating habits. But we do enjoy candy. Well, again, with our responsibility of the week, we worked, we've been talking about the second home that we had bought. Yeah, and reno, renovation. We're renovating it, we're painting, and we're getting all these cool visions and ideas of what this house could be because. Most people wouldn't have bought it, but we are excited what we bought, and we're and excited for what it can be. That's code for we're crazy, right? Yeah, Isn't that what that means? We're crazy. crazy. Yeah. Got a lot done on there. And you know what? We had a new couple over to our house this weekend, oh my which gosh. was a blast. So fun. It's cool. We uh, kind of invented something recently, just a s'mores ice cream bar where we just have vanilla ice cream. We have mini marshmallows. We have golden grams. Chocolate chips, chocolate chips, and, chocolate sauce. Yes, and we make kind of a oh, s'mores ice cream bar. Ice cream, but it was so fun. Not only to eat the ice cream, but just to get to know this couple better and you know gain new friends from it. Yeah, it was so so good. We also had a chance to go to the lake in the town that we're you know bought our house and look out at the lake and a huge gorgeous lake. And there were like fifty to a hundred sailboats, was, and we had gorgeous. no idea. No. That we would see that and found out there was what they call a regatta and people from all over the U.S. come there and they do this big sailing event. We also uh, tried a new mom and pop restaurant and this blew our minds. Like so 
some of the most amazing home cooked food, but cheaper than fast food. Yep. Made no sense. Yep. And like, a restaurant where they serve breakfast all day. All day. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, it was so, so good. And so within our budget. Yes. Oh, for sure. And then we ate cookies at our favorite cookie shop and they were fresh. And you and I, Don, we always order thick frosting, icing yeah. on top. And we love that part. And you guys probably don't believe us, but again, we work out. We yeah. just love to eat food. It's such a fun thing. And honestly, the weekends, we splurged a little bit more. We're very careful Monday through Friday, but you know, we do let ourselves have a little more treats on the weekends, oh, but man. we just like sweets. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a little piece of yeah. sanity. Well, yeah. hey, we want to give a shout out to a country really fast. We want to thank all of you that are listening out there in Spain. We've noticed that there are those of you that are listening and we think that Spain is an incredible country. Yes. The Spanish, first of all, uh, language is beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, but then the country is awesome. Yes. And so we just wanted to uh, really just say hi to all of you that and, are listening. And thank and you thank for listening. You. Yeah. the Love and the Fight Marriage podcast. And we also want to encourage those of you that are listening to share this podcast and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can just hit the five stars or you can actually type something in there and we'll give you a shout out. Well, I suppose we better actually start the podcast. We need to get started. Yes. <laughs> I, Travis, can never, I don't think we'll ever forget the day that we hit a huge milestone in our finances and a massive weight was lifted off of our shoulders. We reached a certain point, not where we would say we will never have to worry about money again, but more where we won't have to worry about it anymore on the same level that we have in the past. It was an incredible feeling to reach that goal, a goal that we had set and a goal that was in place and that when we finally reached it. This took a ton of discipline. It took hard work, great decisions, and the willingness to take risk. And if you go to last week's podcast, you know, I'm not the greatest risk taker, but Travis is, but we were able to take some risk. We didn't inherit money and we didn't win the lottery, although, man, that would be great someday to win the lottery, but we didn't win the lottery. What we did, though, was we got on the same page financially as a couple and we have stayed there ever since. Recently, we both just finished reading a book called Family Revision, and in this book, they talk extensively about how the family is a team that should work together for the good of the entire family. It's a very good book. Oh, I love this book. It was phenomenal. Very good concept. Family Revision. This is a very different concept than our Western American view of everyone is on their own in life and financially. It's more of a concept that is based in the biblical Judaic model of family and finances. We love this concept of making money not only work for you as a married couple, but also for your family. Working together as a family is a great concept. Oh man, great concept that you're a team. And that was the point of the book. And that's what you and I are, Don. As a married couple that's listening right now, that's what you guys are. You are a team. But this is a two-part series from our last episode, episode 62 but this is episode 63. So let's recap what I'm about to say we mentioned in our last episode. Again, we're talking about how to manage money and marriage and stay happily married. And this is part two, but here's what we really mentioned in our last episode. And it's this, in marriage, money can be such a big issue that every couple must master. 
You don't have a choice. If you don't make money pay you and make it your servant, I like to say it will play you. And it does. As a couple, you must be on the same page with money and how you view it, how you use it, and how you're going to let it impact you and your marriage and your life. So before we go any further, of course, Don, you and I want to give this disclaimer. We are not financial advisors. No, we're not. not Every at all. person listening to this should go out and find a financial advisor. But what we are doing is just sharing some of the things that we've learned about money and managing it, making it our servant, uh, but also wanting to use it as a tool right. in our marriage. What we can tell you is that as a married couple of of 28 years as, as someone and, and a couple who has taught on and encouraged marriages for years, we know that married couples must own, literally own the area of money in their marriages. If you don't own this area and drive it with your beliefs and intentional actions, then it will own you and potentially destroy your marriage relationship. Now, Don, you and I, some of our biggest fights and arguments, of course, have been over money and the stress that it has placed on our own personal marriage. I hate to say that, but it definitely has been. (laughs) It has. It's been difficult at times. So here's what we mean. Money is not our master. We choose to master money. We make it our slave. Jesus said, you will either love money or God you choose. We read this last week, Matthew 6, 24. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, Jesus said. Why would Jesus say this and present the concept about money versus God? What is it that makes money so alluring, so magnetizing, and so dangerous that Jesus says, all right, choose, who is it going to be, me or money? The answer to Jesus' warning can be found in 1 Timothy 6, 9, which says this, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. I know we may think, you know, what's the danger with wanting to have more money or to become rich? He goes on and tells us in verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Man, that sounds incredibly painful because of their love of money. They have pierced themselves. Yeah, so dangerous uh, to be consumed with money and so painful, so heartbreaking, really. Well, here's the problem. Falling in love with money and the constant greed for wanting more money will cause massive temptations in your life and you will start to diminish or forget about God. It can bring intense emotional and spiritual pain. Yeah. And Don, you and I, we experienced that firsthand. I'll never forget the night we were invited over to a couple's house and the husband, he grilled us that night for just several hours about why it's worth it to be a Christian. And he kept bringing up a leading new age teacher saying how wise this teacher was and really kind of knocking us for having faith and being Christians and believing in Jesus. Now, this man who made us feel unwelcome at his home and over and over again attempted to humiliate us was incredibly rich and incredibly successful, a person that a lot of people would probably look up to based on his success. What was working for him? Why would so many people look up to him? Well, he had gone into business 
and found it easy. And then he went on to having a ton of other people working for him and making lots of money so that he didn't have to make as much money personally, you know, using his time and his energy like he had in the past. And it really felt like as we were there that night, it felt like we were staring into the face of evil. And I would have never have guessed it. You know, I would have thought of uh, feeling that evil around somebody who was violent or somebody who was into dark magic or something like that. But this guy was consumed with greed. And it's weird because this man was actually a pastor at one time. This man was not and is not evil, but his love for money was revealing a root of evil in his life that had been planted a long time ago. And Don, you remember, I mean, as we smiled and kept loving on him throughout the evening, I kept thinking to myself, this is one of the worst experiences of my it was, life. It was just very awkward too. It was horrible. <laughs> it was awkward. It was demeaning. Like it was, it was terrible. The reason why we share that story is to remind us and you that there always has to be a balance with money. You must master money and use it as a tool, but you must always be ready and willing to give it away, all of it away. That's the secret. When you have the power to give it all away in an instant, then you can honestly say that your money doesn't own you, that your possessions don't possess you. We want to love Jesus and him alone, and we don't want to be deceived by the love of money. And you could just see it in that man's eyes that night. He was so deceived. Money had become his God. And he was literally, again, just putting Jesus down and putting us down for our faith. And it was so sad. So again, this is part two of how to manage money and to stay happily married. So how do we do this? How do we manage it and stay happily married? Well, here are some things that we have done over the years to help us with mastering money in our marriage and lives, but has also kept us happier and on the same page as a couple. Again, you guys, we're not financial advisors, but this is what we have learned from our own marriage. It's worked for us. Yeah. The first thing is this, determine your financial goals and then stick with them. Our first goal always is to put God oh, first with tithing. I love that. It's the best. <laughs> I know beyond that, Travis, we have very specific financial goals for the next 10, 20, and 30 years of our lives. I love what Susie Orsman said. She said, no one's ever achieved financial fitness with a January resolution that's abandoned by February. <laughs> and we all know like January 17th is National Quitters Day. That's when yes. most people, you know what, get rid of all the resolutions or they, you know, they go back on those January resolutions, but you won't achieve financial fitness if you abandon those resolutions, yeah, if you abandon yeah. those goals. It takes more than two and a half weeks. Yeah. You got to stick with it and you got to know what you're reaching for financially. Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. We would also love to hear from you. So feel free to leave a comment. And for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. Another way that we stay happily married in the midst of, you know, finances and money is this. We together, we don't believe in debt. We think that debt is a prison. It's literally like a cell. It's shackles that are on your arms and legs. 
Don't ever willingly put yourself in that jail cell. The good news is, is that you can get out of the prison of debt. We had student loans and we had other types of debt. You guys, we're not perfect. The reason we know it is a prison cell is because we have done that in the past, especially in the beginning of our marriage. marriage, You guys, debt is awful and should be aggressively attacked with cash that you gain from living a more lean and frugal life or from working hard and maybe actually taking up a side hustle if you need to, to pay off that debt. Get rid of it. Whatever you need to do. Get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that we realize is that savings shouldn't exist for the pure sake of storing up a ton of cash. Cash on hand is only there for anything that we might unexpectedly need and for cash flow for the monthly expenses. Savings accounts are almost worthless since they pay you nothing in return for your investments. So what should you do with that money just rather than just putting it in a savings account? Yeah, we're not saying that you shouldn't save or shouldn't save for a rainy day or have savings. You need savings. Yeah. And we, we, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more maybe in a second, but just saving and letting it build up over and over again over 30, 40, 50 years is not a great idea because it's not working for you. Right. You get nothing, almost nothing for an interest rate on savings accounts. And that's why we're big fans of investing. We happen to think it's a great option after you have saved enough liquidity. You need to have that cash on hand for the unexpected things like Don talked about. But there are many places to put your money beyond that. For instance, in a 401k or hard assets like houses or commercial real estate or even business adventures, you know, business where other people are making money while you're sleeping, while you're off relaxing, but you haven't invested in their business or even equipment or resources for a side hustle or a little entrepreneurial gig that you're looking to kick off. Now we're big fans of 401ks, but, and we, we dump a ton of money into our 401ks, but we also believe in diversification. And that's why we like the idea of asset acquisition, which we think furthers that idea of not just putting your money in one spot, but making sure that it's in multiple places. And what we like about hard assets is it allows your money to grow to bring different growth rates than, let's say, a 401k, along with providing a greater level of protection against potential financial risk or volatility that you find in the market. So definitely be in the market. Definitely, you know, invest in a 401k, but make sure you're investing in other things. That's what we love to do and want to do more. I know one thing that we actually believe in, Travis, is side hustles. And when I talk about side hustles, what are we talking about? We're talking about different ways to bring in some extra income or some extra cash. Things like maybe do DoorDash or Shift or write a book or, you know, there's other ways that you can produce little amounts of income on your days off that will just help you get to your financial goals quicker. Yeah, and it could be even just a part-time job. It could be where you start an online company but or even passive income, but something that you're doing that really does help your family. The idea is if you can make a little extra money on the side, especially through a side hustle, without sacrificing time with your family or injury to your career, then you should work. Uh, Why not? It's so good to be able to be productive and put those extra resources into investing or into a 401k. I know we had this friend about 10 years ago and they did the coolest thing. They actually bought an ice cream bike 
Like, it was really cool. They had this bike and they put all these ice cream things, you know, like basically like an ice cream truck, but it was a bike and they pedaled all around town and they made extra money on nights and weekends when they would have just been at home watching TV or hanging out. And the coolest thing is they involved their kids. It actually was like a family ice cream bike. And I had so much respect for this family because it was a way to just earn some extra money, but then exercise at the same time. I know. It was like a mobile gym that they were getting paid to belong. So creative. And they made hundreds of dollars a day. Yeah, Don, when I think of side hustles or even the ability to work when you can, even if you have extra money in the bank, you and I, we immediately think of this one particular couple where the one spouse doesn't really work a consistent job. And so all of the pressure of the current finances or a stable financial future are on the other spouse. And that has created a lot of like unspoken tension. And it's also created a kind of a a crazy outlook for their financial future. Hey guys, we're not talking about killing yourself or being a workaholic. Here's what we're getting at. You should be the best at what you do with your main job. Give it everything you've got. Do it for God. But you also, if you have the the ability physically and the time without, again, putting stress on your marriage or pulling from your main job, you should work a side hustle to pay down debt and to store up money for your financial future or to invest. And here's part of why we where we get that from. Proverbs 6, 6 says this, go to the ant you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer, or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and it gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed Man, when I read that, I think of the ability not to at all make money the focus of your life or your God, but to make sure that, you know, as individuals, that God has given you talent and energy and time to use that to bless your family, use that to bless those that you would want to be generous with and give money, let's say to missionaries or to your church or to not-for-profits. So many people sit around in their spare time or they squander the little money they have when they could be working smarter with their time and smarter with their energy. So last week's podcast and this week's podcast is just how to manage money in marriage and stay happily married. So here's just a few other things that we do with our money. We believe in vacation, 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 vacation. We have to have (laughs) rest. You heard us say in our last episode that we would rather cut back on the little luxuries of life so that we can get away several times a year on vacations. Trips can be a huge piece of the spice of life together. We need to make sure that we're having those breaks. We want to enjoy life, but we want to make sure that we have money to take those vacations. They're they're romance boosters and they're memory makers. And those are the things that they're mile markers in in a way uh, in our marriage relationship historically. One of the last things that we do, which may sound trivial or kind of funny to you, but to us is a big thing is we have personal mad money or we call it, you know, we give each other an allowance. We give each other $30 every two weeks to spend on whatever we want. And I know, Travis, yes. for you, oftentimes you'll buy an energy drink or you'll buy a coffee. You'll buy 
a candy bar, something, you know, it's typically probably at a convenience store, maybe. Um, or I will save up and I'll buy a shirt. You know, sometimes I take my money and I just save it and I make it grow and then I buy something bigger or I'll just go out and I'll buy a pair of pants or something with that $30. Yeah. But just that extra money that we know, you know what, this was already in our budget and we can do whatever we want with it. And you know what that did to us? It actually freed up that extra little spending that we would just do from time to time because now we had the money to do it, but it wasn't extra money coming out of the budget. Yeah, it's really just blow money that in an autonomous kind of independent sort of way, Don, I would go spend that my $30 every two weeks. So it's 120 for both of us total a month, but I would just go spend it on whatever I want. And I wouldn't ask you or wouldn't talk to you. It's kind of like, Hey, this is literally my little bit of money every month that I can spend exactly the way I want to kind of back when we were little kids yeah, and we had allowance. I'm going to go buy this or I'm going to go buy that. But it's interesting because outside of that $30 every two weeks that we give each other, as far as an allowance, we don't spend money right. without talking to yep. each other. That's a rule kind of that we established when we were first married. We weren't going to spend money or especially large sums of money without talking to each other. There was no way. Yeah. And that's so helpful in terms of staying on the same page, managing money and being happily married is great communication. And so if I'm going to spend an extra $30 or $50, I usually pick up the phone or text you and I just say, Hey, are you cool with buying this? It's outside of the $30 that I had been, you know, we've budgeted or we've given each other. And that is such a great key. I know that might sound like maybe we're trying to control each other in those areas, but honestly, we've given each other permission to speak into our life, each other's lives about money. I want to be accountable for what I spend. And I know, Travis, you want to be accountable for what you spend. And it's kind of that unwritten rule that is just huge in our marriage. And I appreciate that you respect that. And I respect that. The reason that we felt it was really important to do two episodes on managing money in marriage is because we have seen money cause a lot of problems in marriage. We have literally sat in counseling sessions with couples where their biggest stressor, their biggest fight is money. And the best way to get over that stressor, to get over those fights when it comes to money, is to make sure that you are on the same page when it comes to money. Great communication. Right. Yeah. Having the same goals, knowing that you're going to work together as a team, like we talked about earlier, for those goals to be completed. Once again, we want to encourage you to make money your slave and only bow your knees to Jesus. Place your trust in him, period. He is the only place to find true happiness and joy. Yeah, well said. Well, hey guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. You guys got this. Remember guys, you can do it. Don't give up. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you care about through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed, and please click like and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure that you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. See you next time.